Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Or you could even say everyday praise. So let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 16, <clears throat> verse 23. I've read through this text already in this series, but it's just so powerful. I really, really like it. And this is a song of praise written by David, the psalmist. Okay, so let, look at this. It says, let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Does anybody in here like to sing? It doesn't matter if you can sing or not, but do you like to sing? Okay, okay. Not asking you if you're Pavarotti or Andrea Bocelli or anything or anybody else famous, but I, I like to sing too. And man, I can, I'm not tone deaf, so I can tell that I'm not a good singer. <laughs> I always recognize that I'm way off, but I still like to sing, not just in the shower. I like singing, man. I like music. I know y'all like music too. So let the whole earth Sing to the Lord. That's what we do on Sunday mornings, huh? We come in and we sing to the Lord. Wednesday nights, we, we come in and sing, usually, okay? Each day, proclaim the good news that He saves. What does God save from? Anybody? Well, man, number one, He saves us from hell. Praise God. Somebody said everything. Yeah, just about. He, he can save us from ourselves, from our sins, from hell, from making terrible mistakes. He, he saves, man. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves, period. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell folks, if, if you have the opportunity to go on a mission trip, go overseas and tell people about Jesus, and that is such an honor. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. You notice the little G right there? Because there's only one God with a capital G. Y'all understand that? Little G. Little G can mean angels. It can mean demons. It can mean anything that's lesser than God, but he is to be feared above any kind of deity, anything else in the universe. He is to be feared and respected. The gods of other nations are mere idols. Notice again, lowercase g. They're mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. Verse 28, O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Glorious means worthy of glory. All right. Verse 29, give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Tonight, my big goal... I'm not going to talk very long because I haven't had any caffeine, right? My big, goal, <laughs> my big goal is that you realize and remember and recognize how big your God is. That's it, the one you serve, the God of the heavens. He created the heavens and the earth and the, the universe, the amazing God who created light and our universe. Since he said, let there be light, the universe has been expanding at the speed of light. That is beyond me. 186,000 and some odd miles per second. We don't know exactly when he said, let there be light. Who knows? Who knows when that was in the deep and dark ancient past? But your God is big. Your God is amazing. He's unstoppable. And that's going to help you when you, you're, going, you're like, man, I'm going through this thing. Yeah, but I'm going to praise God because he's bigger than all of this. 
Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before Him. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. This, this world that He set up, it stands firm. Praise God. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations what? The Lord reigns. Verse 32, let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. <laughs> that's, so, that's such a vivid picture there. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest even sing for joy before the Lord. Isn't that amazing? I, where we live, we're surrounded by trees. We have some in our yard. But it's all the houses across the alley. They have really tall elm trees with squirrels in them. And there's trees everywhere. And I'm reminded of our trees that surround our house with this verse. Because I'm like, man, even when the trees are blowing in the wind, they're praising God. Rick Warren, he wrote The Purpose Driven Life. And he talks about that is one of our purposes in life is to praise God. He said, it's amazing how humans, of all God's creation, we have the hardest time with that. But you notice that even birds doing bird-like things, they're praising God. They're so happy. They're, they're singing all the time. I notice that because here we are living in the desert, but we have lots of trees surrounding our yard. So I, I hear birds. Did you know squirrels make noises? Squirrels are funny. They make real funny noises. And when they do their little chirpy sounding noise, their tail shakes. It's just really interesting. But I believe even when they're communicating, they're praising God. All right? So right here, the psalmist, King David, basically, in First Chronicles, he's saying, let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. Even when they're blowing in the wind, let them, let them praise God, for He is coming to judge the earth. Look at verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. I love this. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever no matter what he loves you no matter what he loves your kids he loves your family he loves you he loves where you come where you've come from he just he just loves everything about you even even if you say man well my background i had so much sin and all this yeah but he loves that you have a testimony now and you have a history that gives god glory i love this his faithful love endures forever so god's love for you is faithful and it, it outlasts anything we could ever understand it endures forever so once again, praise every day is the title of this message tonight. Praise every day. Just the basics here. I'm not going to go real long, all right? But would you put this on the screen for us? Doing it a little different tonight. I don't really have a point-by-point -point sermon. I have a list. And this is just some of the things that I pulled from those verses we just read. Just some of them. The list can go longer. There's actually a lot more in there. I could have added His faithful love endures forever. I could have added... Um, all kinds of other stuff, but this is what I pulled from those verses we just read. Now, praise Him every day because of the good news that He saves. Now, you have good news. You are the bearer of good news. You've got to remember that. As a believer, I think sometimes we as believers, we get comfortable, and it's like we forget, man, that He saved us too. And the, news, the good news that someone presented you, you need to present that to someone else. You need to share with people, man, Jesus saves. And sometimes people reject it. I've had people laugh at me when I told them that. Or people look at me and say, you know, God really loves you. Not usually. They don't usually laugh at you, but there are those people that they're like, you're crazy, man. God doesn't love me. He'll never forgive me. Or like, Jesus saves? That sounds ridiculous. They just don't buy into it. But I guarantee you, it's good news. 
and it's worth sharing, and it's worth praising him every day for that he saves. Ms. Debbie said, well, what has he saved us from? Hell. Life is really short. My grandpa Senna lived to be 91. My grandpa Treadwell lived to be 91. I think my grandma Senna is turning 90 this month, or she's turning 91 this at the end of this month. My grandma Senna. And I call her, and she tells me how busy she is. And she's, let's just go ahead and say for all intents and purposes, she's 90. Oh, mijo, I'm just, you know, I'm just busy, man. There's so much to do. So much to do. And I'm going, man, she's retired finally. I think she retired a year and a half ago finally or something. But man, grandma's old as the hills. And, and she, there she is. She's just alive. And she's lived a long life. You'd say, man, that's almost a century. That's 90% of a century. But still, that's a drop in the bucket, isn't it? Because you get to whatever age you are, and I'm not going to ask you your age tonight, but I'm over 40 now, and it seems like it's just been a moment. It seems like it's just been a moment. Some things in my mind, I don't know if you're this way, but there's some memories that are clearer than others, and it feels like it was just this morning that it happened. So clear in my mind. I can remember the first time I took a shower. Yeah, I remember the first time I took a shower, I believe I was six years of age, and it feels like it was yesterday. And you know what I did? I, I thought, man, this is so cool. It's like rain. I'm going to do a weather report. <laughs> Nobody recorded it. Nobody was in there. Nobody knows about it unless I told some of my family. But I did a weather report. And I, and I still remember I was doing a weather report. I said, today it's going to be dry. And then I went, oh, no, it's raining or some silly thing because the shower's on. But that memory to me is so, it's so clear in my head. <laughs> it's such an odd memory. It's good news that he saves because our lives, Scripture says, are like a vapor. I don't know how you were when you were younger. We got some young folks in here. Got some folks in their 20s and 30s and different ages on up. But I don't know, man. When you, when you were younger, it's almost like you felt you were bulletproof. You felt invincible. And then you get to a certain age, you're like, man, I'm not invincible, man. I, I should have heard a guy one time, a man of God, he said, man, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. <laughs> Pretty funny. It's good news that he saves because heaven and hell are forever, but this life isn't. You have this life to serve God and then the rest of eternity to either praise him, be in his presence, or not be in his presence. And I know you've chosen to be in his presence, obviously. Here you are on a Wednesday night. So we, we praise him every day because of the good news that he saves. How about this? The glorious deeds, the deeds, the things that God has done that are worth, worthy of glory and the amazing things. You can study throughout history, and you can read the Bible, and it can all be proven. One thing after another has been proven. We've actually been to Jericho. That's crazy. That, that was, that was, I was hearing in the Bible this week about Jericho, and I'm like, man, I had the distinct privilege of going there and seeing the, the ruins of Jericho. It's crazy. But did you know that archaeologists back in the day they used the Bible as their field manual. Because it's so accurate, you could still read locations and ge geographical locations and the way a river went through here. And, the, and they used the Bible to find archaeological things. 
old cities, all kinds of stuff based upon the directions given in the Bible because it's so accurate. So you can also find some of the glorious deeds that he did, like taking the children of Israel out of Egypt. I'm told that certain satellite imagery tells us that a huge group of people several thousand years ago left Egypt across the desert. Somehow they left their imprint. I don't know how that works. I don't know. The weight of their bodies on the ground, the footprints have obviously been washed away or blown away or whatever by erosion, but somehow they're able to tell that there was a mass exodus from Egypt at a certain point. There's all these things. Then science has also proven or found a place where water came out of the rock in that desert. You know, you've read that story in the Bible about Moses. He got mad at the people of Israel, and, but then water came out of a rock. There's a rock. You've got to look this up on the Internet. It's crazy, and I don't remember its exact location, but it's in the desert between Egypt and Israel. And there's a rock there, and you can see water erosion, and the only thing that makes sense is that the water originated from down in the rock. And it eroded the ground even, all this flowing, fresh water that came out of this rock. These are just a few examples. Mount Sinai. They, they believe that they have Mount Sinai. I, I think that's in Saudi Arabia. I could be wrong. Folks aren't allowed to go up there. But that mountain, the top of it is burnt black from God's presence. You read scripture, it says there's fire and all this stuff up there. So there you go, another proof. And it all jives. It all goes together. It all proves. So here, here we are, this amazing God of the Bible, glorious deeds and amazing things. That's another reason you can praise him every single day. How about your own life? I've always heard this, and I agree 100%. There's nothing that proves the existence of God. Nothing gives glory to God like the power of a changed life. A life that was a certain way, and now they've changed. Because you guys have met people all the time, and they tell you, oh, people don't change. I've had good people, like people I really respected and admired. Oh, Matt, I had a guy I used to work for years ago. He said, people don't change, man. Once a crook, always a crook. And I'm like, bro, I've changed. He's like, no, it's different with you. You were raised in a good family. So I couldn't, I couldn't beat him at that argument. And I say, bro, I've seen people change. And I told him, you know what? I've staked my whole life on the belief that people can change. Here I am in the ministry believing, believing, according to Scripture, that old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new through Jesus. Now, it's not easy it's hard sometimes, but man, I know, I know people can change. I've seen them. I've seen the most bitter, rotten, terrible sinner get saved, and then they're different. You can't even imagine that they ever lived like that. You just thought they were born saved because they're so kind and loving and good. But I know that's one of God's glorious deeds, and one of the most amazing things he's ever done is the power of a changed life. And you're, you're an example of that. I'm an example of that. Look at number three here. We took this out of our text, 1 Chronicles 16, 23 through 34. He's most worthy of praise. You can take that in one of two ways. Most worthy, the word most can mean very. He's very worthy of praise. Or you can take it that of everything else in the universe, everything else existing, he is actually the highest on the level of deserving praise. So he's very worthy of praise and or he's the most worthy of praise in all of the universe. And he is. That's why we praise him every day. He's the most worthy of praise. Point four or number four. He's to be feared. Feared means scripturally means honored 
and respected. Does anybody, did anybody ever study Greek mythology? It, that's some, it's some crazy stuff. I don't really necessarily recommend it, and, but Greek mythology is odd. It talks about gods and goddesses with little g's, okay? It's mythology, and, and some of that, they believe, is based upon fallen, fallen angels, okay? Those that were with Satan and those that came down to earth, and you, you can read about that in the book of Genesis, and it's mentioned briefly. But many believe that they used to be angels, and they came down to earth, and so they were considered gods, okay, with a little g. But if you've studied Greek mythology or people's cultural history about the gods with the little g that they worship, they're eight million times worse than us. They're perverted, terrible, like awful. They're full of lust. They're full of lies. They're full of greed. They covet. You read the stories of Greek gods and goddesses, and it's like they'd see somebody that was married, and they go, I want her for me. So they'd go just steal them from their husband or wife. They just want them. Or they'd see somebody's kid that was special, and they'd take them from them. They'd just do whatever they would want to do. The word, the word in the English language for that is capricious. They just do whatever they felt like doing at the moment. Full of lust, anger, hatred, jealousy. Just strange. Awful. And I'm all, I've always wondered, why would these ancient cultures have worshipped gods like that? Lowercase g once again. Well, I guess because they had powers. They lived long. They were huge maybe. Whatever the reason, they worshipped these gods. And you can, you can look at Egyptian temples. And they have pictures of these huge Huge gods, lowercase g, that are way bigger than a regular man or woman. And so they admired them and worshipped them and they had powers and they lived long. But in these mythological stories, whether some of them are based on fact or some of them are just legends or whatever, which I believe some of them are based on something, based on scripture, they're terrible. So yeah, the God you serve... He's worthy to be honored and respected. He's the God who gave us the Ten Commandments. He's the God who keeps His word and who's holy. The ancient Hebrews said He was holy because they couldn't compare Him to anything else they'd ever seen or heard or experienced. You got Greek mythology, Greek gods and goddesses. They're terrible. They're worse than humans. And then you got the God of the universe who sets a standard and says, be holy because I'm holy. Meaning, be set apart. Be different. Don't be like everybody else. Be like me. I heard a song today, and it said, people are so busy trying to be different like everybody else. It's crazy, huh? People are like, no, I just got to do me. I'm like, why do, you, why do you act like everybody else? You're doing all the same stuff. They got a tattoo of a demon. You got a tattoo of a demon, right? Had a friend, man, and he's a, he's a man of God now. He, he has a tattoo back here, and it had, it's some crazy eyes of some kind. I don't know if it's an alien or what. He said, bro, I, didn't, I wanted people to think I was always looking at him. <laughs> he had a tattoo, tattoo of two eyes back here. It's, it's below his collar line. That's crazy, huh? But the God that you serve, he's worthy to be feared and honored and respected. And he gave us the Ten Commandments in Scripture for a reason. He's so different from anything else in the universe and he's called, here's what's crazy. Jesus came to earth and then called us to be like him. Can you imagine be, giving you commandments? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So you get to be like God. That's how he created you to be initially. The Garden of Eden, our ancestors. Now science, it's so funny to me. Science is now saying, I was reading an article from National Geographic the other day. It says, we're not many races, we're all one race. I'm like, 
Didn't we know that? We just have different shades of, of skin and different types of nails, and we look different, but we're all humans. We're the human race. And he created us to be like him, but Adam and Eve messed up in the garden. So we're back to the beginning now because of Jesus, and, he, and, and he's telling us, imitate me. Do what I say and do what I do. You ever, you ever heard the saying, don't do what I do, do what I say? That's so hypocritical. I never understood that. I always thought, it's like someone screaming their head off at you, telling you not to raise your voice. Right? You're going, huh? It doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. Or someone cussing at you, telling you not to curse. Don't blankety-blank curse. What? You're cursing. What is wrong with you? No, the beauty of your God, the God that you serve, the God of the universe, Jesus, God in the flesh, he's to be feared, honored, and respected because he's, he means what he says. And he says what he means. And he's the ultimate and perfect example. He's not like Greek mythological characters, okay? Look at number five now. This is a great reason to praise God. He made the heavens. If your God is that big, um, there are some that believe that we can see on a super clear night at the top of a mountain without, without clouds and without light pollution. The naked eye can see up to about 10,000 stars. It'd be hard to keep count, right? That's, that's thousands of stars. But we know now that there's, beyond, apart from our galaxy, there's, that they're estimating there's 100 billion galaxies. And each galaxy has numerous stars in it. Millions and billions. So the God that created the universe, you can look up. The God that created the heavens, we look up. And we say, wow, look at all these stars. This is amazing. I, I've always thought God is so big just when I look up at the sky, and I can't see all those hundreds of billions of galaxies. So our God made the heavens, so he knows how it all works, huh? He knows how marriage works. He knows how raising kids works. He knows how your body works. He created all of it. You have a place now where geneticists, people are studying DNA, they studied the DNA code of humans, and now they're saying, people who are hardcore atheists saying, this isn't accidental. This is some genius did this. I was hearing about a scientist years ago, a few years ago, and man, he was a hardcore atheist. He just didn't believe in God. And he started studying genetics. He was some kind of gen geneticist, and he was studying DNA and stuff. And he said, this code is ingenious. This is intelligent design. Yeah, we've been telling you that forever, right? We know. We know. There's a God. We know. He's the one who made the heavens. He's the one. Did you know that your cells are a world unto themselves? Your cells are so complicated, and you can't see them with the naked eye, the cells of your body. They're like their own world, their own little planet. It's unbelievable, all the things that God has done. And that's the same God that made the heavens. Look at number six. This is really good news for us. Especially when you're going through it, you feel depressed, you feel down, or you're worn out, you're exhausted, you're burnt out. Oh man, strength and joy fill his dwelling. Here's the good news tonight. I mentioned this briefly the other day. You are his dwelling now. Jesus lives in you, the Spirit of God lives in you now, so you are his dwelling. And wherever he, he dwells, wherever he lives, he fills that place with strength and joy. Wow. He brings it wherever he goes. So that's good news. So you can start living life knowing, man, you know what? There's hope. There's, I can see a glimmer 
of light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to be all right. This is not, it's like what Pastor Joel Stockstill says. There's a big difference between a dark, pitch black tunnel and a dungeon. You are not in a dungeon. You are not captive. Sometimes you feel like you're in a tunnel. It's dark, it's dark. But guess what? At the end of the tunnel, there's always a light. The light at the end of the tunnel, they say. You can see it. It may be far away. It may be miles away. But there's hope. There's a pin, a pinprick of light. And it's, it's way out there. But man, you know what? You're not stuck. So let God's strength and joy fill you, his dwelling. And number seven, the Lord is glorious and strong. Once again, he's worthy of all glory. And he's strong. Now, strong, that, that's a word that we throw around sometimes. Say, man, you're strong. He's strong. Man, he can bench press 300 pounds. Or, man, she's, she raised them kids. She's strong. Man, he's strong. But the God of the universe, he perpetuates everything by his word. Scripture says that he holds up everything by the word of his power. So he has power, but it's manifested through his word. One more. Uh, this is not a science lesson tonight, but I don't know why I went into all some of this stuff. I'm just fascinated by it, I guess. But years ago, quantum physicists began to study cells. And you guys have heard some of this stuff. You say, man, at the center of a cell is a nucleus. That's the center of the cell. And inside of the nu nucleus is, um, what, what's in the nucleus? Is it, is it protons and neutrons? And the electrons are orbiting the, the nucleus, maybe? But then they went in there and they said, okay, protons and neutrons are in the center of a cell that we can't see with our naked eyes. That's the nucleus. It's the center of a cell. But then what are the protons and neutrons made out of? Then they said, well, it's, it's energy. And they said, what's the energy made out of? And the more that they kept researching, it, they said the energy was made out of words, basically, at the quantum level where we can never see with our naked eye. And yeah, it all began with, he said, let there be light. That's your God. It's all being sustained by his word. So code is holding your body together, code that God encoded. Because you wonder, we're made of all these cells and they're vibrating. You study science and, and even if you don't know much about it, you're like, well, how are we holding together? How are all these cells vibrating and they're at a certain frequency, but they're holding together and we're solid and some things are liquid and some things are gas. <coughs> And there's wind and there's this and that. But how are we holding together the word of his power? You're held together by God's word. That's amazing. So, man, that's why we praise him every day. Just look at that list. And that's just, that is not even a complete list. Not even based upon the chapter, the context that we read in 1 Chronicles 16, 23-34. There's so much in the word. There's so many other reasons in your personal lives to praise God. Man, the good news that he saves, he transforms, he changes the glorious deeds, the strength and joy fill his dwelling. He's to be feared. He's most worthy of praise. Man, the Lord made the heavens. Wow. We praise him just because he's amazing and because you're alive and because you have hope and because you're going to die. One day, if he doesn't return for you, hey, man, hopefully Jesus will return in our lifetime. If not, we'll die and go to heaven and be with him forever. But I got good news for you tonight. God is good and he's worthy of all your praise. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes if you would.